This is a podcast by the Business Times. Some of the names for Western artists we have Picasso, Basquiat, Andy Warhol, and for Asian artists Kusama, Yoshitomo Nara, Zaoqi. From Keith Haring, Kenny Sharp, Banksy, and Beta. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money managing and wealth growing journey. I'm your host Howie Lim. Now the art market has seen both peaks and valleys, but it consistently returns 7.6% to investors and outperformed the stock market in 2018. According to a 2020 report by Art Basel and UBS, the art market is now worth 64.1 billion US dollars. And according to Citi's Global Art Market Report, contemporary art investments have outperformed the S&P 500 over the last 25 years. But investing in fine art carries big risks. It's a market propelled by value judgments. Artwork does not generate any ongoing cash flows like interest payments or dividends. The only way to make a good return on your investment is if someone ends up buying the piece for a higher price years down the road. For more insights into whether art might be your best bet against inflation given current conditions, we're speaking to Wendy Fang and Yi Ziwei, specialists, 20th and 21st century art department at Christie's Asia Pacific. So given the art market is generally unaffected by how the financial markets are performing and some have called it one of the most slam dunk money making options one would think that that would be reason enough to get into it so what might still be deterring people from investing in art here's eats away specialist 20th and 21st century art department christie's asia pacific it certainly needs a lot of effort and research When it comes down to the investment options, the timing and volatility, or you could call it the market movement, are the two key factors that you would have to take into consideration. If you approach art as a pure investment, it could be exceedingly difficult because the value of an artwork can change substantially in ways not associated with typical capital market investments. There's so much more than just its social currency or monetary value, because on top of that, how to define the intrinsic value of art, which is the beauty, the rarity, the extensive research behind it, and how it should be appreciated, is what deters people from investing in this category. There are two major trends emerging from the art investing market now: where people are investing and what exactly they're investing in. Here's Wendy Fang, specialist, 20th and 21st century art department, Christie's. There are a lot of younger buyers from tech industries who are also very much interested in having their stake in the art world as well. So, in terms of where they're investing, traditional live auctions are still the norm, but online sales have definitely grown a lot during the pandemic. So, 2021 alone, we're up by 43%. Last year, we totaled. 445 million US dollars and the average value for each work that was sold online was around 23,000 US dollars. It was 6,000 US dollars in 2016. So that is a huge jump in terms of the threshold in which people are willing to purchase via online platforms. Half of all of Christie's auctions now take place online. As becoming more digitized, more globalized, people are more comfortable with spending larger amounts of money online. 
We also see galleries are using PDFs to sell art. Whenever there's an art fair or there's a new art show, all the gallery representatives would send out their sort of dedicated PDF that has all the list of works in that show. And for people who can't physically travel to that location because of the pandemic, this is a great tool for people to use to sell. And this also leads into Instagram as well. Artists are able to share their artwork, their work in progress, share their studio shots. And it almost becomes like a digital version, a digital experience of the artist's studio. They're able to live stream their Q&As. And also at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, galleries try to bring in this idea of the online viewing room. In terms of what people are investing in these days, there's a rise in interest in living young female artists like American Avery Singer, and Polish painter Eva Juskiewicz, and an overall revival of overlooked artists. In May 2022, we sold Ernie Barnes for 15 million US dollars. His market had struggled for many, many years. He's a very important African-American artist, but in the secondary market, he would probably only sell for around 10 to 20,000 US dollars. But because of this show that happened in the States, you know, people in the art world started to notice him again and realize his importance to the cultural identity of African-Americans. Due to the social political events, this affected the art market as well. And we're sort of seeing a trend of these older artists who have passed on, maybe weren't so recognized during their time, but are now receiving a lot more recognition. A lot of collectors shift their focus because in terms of investment it's much more attractive you know you're not buying something that's already very much at its peak you're buying something that's on the way and has potential to grow another trend to look out for is the rise of street artists evidenced by the infamy of banksy whose love is in the bin was sold for 18 and a half million british pounds making it the most expensive artwork by the english-based street artists sold at auction to date this subgenre of artists really champion the forms of social and political commentary and appeals to a younger millennial collector in particular. These artists really create sort of a recognizable trademark and a visual icon that forms the essential part of their visual language. This leads into this whole trend of collecting collectibles. So, you know, Cause was a street artist, but his artistic style quickly turned into the collectibles industry, where he created limited edition toys, prints, to sort of engage with the community that was following his art. A lot of these blue chip artists may be well out of reach in terms of the price range. I mean, not everyone is able to afford an $8 million Kusama pumpkin painting, but you can maybe consider a Kusama print, which might not look as investment savvy. But if you look at how much you may buy it five to 10 years ago, probably a couple thousand dollars, to how much now it is selling on the market for around at least 100 to 200,000 US dollars. It really, again, depends on the artist as well, depending on how the art market is moving around the artist. But it really does have a lot of young millennial buyers looking keenly into collectibles as well. Still to come, what is blue chip art? What is fractional art investing? And are NFTs really art? Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. So what exactly is blue chip art or blue chip artists? The term obviously originates from the stock market and refers to a type of stock that holds public confidence and has a long-term record of steady returns. And this similar idea can be applied to the art world. Here's Eads Away from Christie's again. 
When we describe an artist as a blue chip artist, we're saying that this artist is a well-established and globally recognized artist. They're often the key players throughout the art history, meaning that their academic legitimacy has been acknowledged over time. And the artworks they created tend to achieve a very consistent auction result. The value either holds stable or increases despite the general economic fluctuations. Some of the names for Western artists, we have Picasso, Basquiat, Andy Warhol, and for Asian artists, Kusama, Yoshitomo Nara, Zaoki, and we sold a Picasso's later portrait painting, which is previously owned by Sir Sean Connery, 175 million Hong Kong dollars, which is approximately 22.4 million US dollars. It marks the most expensive work by Picasso sold ever at Christie's Asia. We also sold a Zaoki hurricane period painting created in the 1960s, 278 million Hong Kong dollar, which is about 35.6 million US dollars. And that is the second highest auction price ever achieved for Their works are often trophy pieces that shape the art market. They are often high in demand and low in supply, which is the perfect recipe for bidding wars amongst the high net worth collectors. So does this mean we should just concentrate on blue chip artists then? But given some of these works like Picasso's Women of Algiers and Andy Warhol's The Shot Sage Blue Marilyn can cost almost $200 million, it might be a bit out of reach for many. Enter fractional art investing. Fractional ownership isn't new to the art market. It's where you can buy a small stake in a piece of work by a world-class artist for as little as $20, but it's not for everyone. Art is one of the oldest asset classes and the people who were typically buying and sort of selling this art was really concentrated on the ultra-wealthy. Now with the trend of fractional art investing, people are able to really take part of this. I do see a great number of startups who are taking on this new way of investing in art. However, a lot of it is quite focused only on the quantitative aspects of investing in art. So it really does take away the emotions of collecting art and only looking at it as a pure asset. Fractional share interest in art is suitable for people who are only focused on art as sort of an asset class and may not have the time or interest to engage with the artwork itself. And if investment is truly the only motivation, then fractional art investing does give people the benefit of not needing to worry about the cost of insurance, shipping, and also storage. However, this also does mean that they're missing out on the joy of living with art and also owning the art itself. The great thing about fractional art investing is that it does give the common man an opportunity to at least participate, you know, and say that, hey, I own 1,000 of (laughs) a great work. In general, there is always a certain level of risk involved with any sort of inexperienced investor, but for fractional art investing, the focus is very much on the numerical value of the works rather than considering all the wider socio-economic, political, cultural factors that are at play, whether it be what gallery is representing them, the museum collections, the shifts that can happen over the period in which you're holding the asset. And with fractional investing, it's not something you can just sell off within a couple months. It's something that if you really want to play this game, you have to be in it for at least three up to 10 years. Art is something that is not super liquid. So you have to be able to withstand that time. And also potentially this work may depreciate in value. And what about NFTs? 
are they considered art? And since it's looking like the most lucrative action seems to be in the NFT marketplace, maybe we should just go into that. In 2021 alone, we sold more than 100 NFTs for almost 150 million US dollars worldwide. I do believe NFT is the future of the way in which we look at art. The technology behind it is something that we can all believe in. It is able to track the provenance of the work or even the technologies that Board Ape Yacht Club brought to the forefront with the IP copyright. Traditional art world has struggled with for a long time whether tracing the provenance exactly of where this work has been. Is it something that's been restituted? Even if we own the physical artwork to a Basquiat, for example, we don't actually own the copyrights to the image and everything goes back to the artist's foundation. So things like this makes me do believe in the NFT market and the NFT technology itself as well. But in terms of as to whether it being the most lucrative art investing avenue now, it is speculative to say because it's something that none of us can predict. Everyone can be easily distracted by the big numbers that thrown around for the NFT prices, which to some extent is quite extraordinary and to some extent a little bit crazy. What is important to focus on and the real question when thinking about NFTs is the technology behind it, who are the people behind driving the project and what is the real progress being made to innovate the way that we deal with art and the way that we experience art as well. Given the advice when it comes to investing has always been invest in what you know, what can one do when one knows nothing about art except they like to look at pretty pictures? Looking at pretty pictures is probably one of the best things to begin with, to be a good art investor. This industry is all about training the eye and recognizing what is art that is worth taking a second look at. There are, of course, quote-unquote tools that can help guide your decision for making these. And for me, number one is to get involved, going to museums, going to galleries, artist studios, auction previews, meet people, talk to people, and get an overall understanding of the full spectrum of what the art world has to offer. And it really is about understanding all the mechanics and seeing where and how the market is shifting and talking to these people and artists to discover who and what they are looking at today. Following the auction results, the art fair news to get an understanding of the quantitative side of the market, what has been sold, how much it's been sold for, why this artist achieved this result at this time compared to five years ago. The Art Market 2022 reports that the global art market saw pandemic recovery with robust sales of art and antiques by private sales and auction houses in 2021. So here's the bullet. How much of your portfolio should go into art? Here's Zui Yi from Christie's again. If we come down to the investment advice for building one's portfolio, it's all subjective. It would really depends on people's personal risk tolerance. Art is a valuable but illiquid asset, similar idea that applies to cars, collectibles, including wine and jewelry, and then also real estate. These illiquid assets can bring you very high levels of income, but higher return comes with higher levels of risk. For art investment in particular, there's perhaps not as much transparency or visibility on the assets, and there's quite a lot of due diligence that you would need to carry out. If you're willing to invest in art, you have to make sure that you do your due diligence or hire someone to do it. And it's always better to combine your passion with an informed decision. Historic analysis finds that the art market does have some correlation to the stock market, but there tends to be a 6-18 to month lag. 
And that's a wrap for Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. I'm correspondent Howie Lim. Till next time. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.